Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Top Gun. I know, I know you're saying the comparisons between Max and Cruz. We can't get past that. I get it. Um, when you hear the song, I hear it all the time from you folks out there, so... I understand it. I understand it. And as I told my wife, you don't have to tell me one more time how cute you think Tom Cruise is and that you've had a crush on him since the first Top Gun. I, I understood it the first time. Uh, I, I don't need to keep hearing it every time that he's mentioned in People magazine that you get, which I don't understand why you get and all that stuff either. Uh, joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker hotline, a guy that identifies with all of the above, Ben Hankinson, how are you? I'm good, Maxie. Tom Cruise has nothing on you. That's you what I'm trying to say. You? Yeah, in my humble way. Yeah. You know? Oh my God! You and you know what? Nothing about his looks. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy, but the personality you got, right. Maxie, and, and that matters, ability. right? It's not. It's not just oh, about I, looks, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what your wife told me. That's why she when she married you. You know. <laughs> How are you doing? The Beauty League is back in business. Now let's start with a, a well, paragraph for those people that that understand. Some understand the Beauty League by now, and for those people that do, they say we hear about this, but how exactly does this work? Well, it's some of the top uh, talent from the state that comes back home, so to speak. But explain explain what you've got going. This is the first explanation I needed when we got Parisi to play a number of years ago. Uh, is I don't understand this beautician league. Like, what does beauty league have to do with hockey? He didn't understand what this was, so I told him, and it, it, I, we had to explain to everybody. It's just a silly name. I don't know how we came up with it, and Chris McAlpine added duh in front of it to even make it worse. But, so, yeah, we're talking hockey in the summer, so we have incredible NHL players locally and then players that come in from out of town like uh, James Van Riemsdyk, for example, and a lot of others that are in town playing Wednesday nights at Braemar Arena at 5, 6.15 and 7.30. Uh, I bet there's a couple thousand people there a game easily and it's a ton of fun. Like it's four on four hockey. The guys try. Why? Because there's refs and there's a scoreboard and fans are watching. And there's cameras on there, too. But it's a ton of fun. So you have, like, the Brock Besser, Gensel, Goligoski, Parisi, Brock Nelson, Bukestad, tons, the Cates brothers, Forbert, Letty, Bellows, Kandre Miller, hmm. uh, Jensen, Schmidt, Halla, tons of, tons of. And then the coaches are all ex-players, the Brian Lawtons, Rasmussen's Climbers. Ton of fun, great charities, Herb Brooks Foundation, United Heroes League, Shine a Light, which is Paul Martin's charity and the Hendrickson Brothers Foundation. So there's good cause, and you can stay cool. It's a ton of fun. Um, you start this, and you go, okay, you know, who knows what the shelf life will be. Are you surprised at how it took off? 
Yeah, I am. Like it almost, it almost uh, never took off because of the Parisi example. I said everyone was like, "What is this?" Yeah. And so we had to have guys stay and play two games because there are fans in the stands <laughs> waiting to see these guys. And, and they you're, you're sitting uh, over yeah. there, the typical agent, right? Uh, Cutting the deal. Yeah, and the funny thing is, so who do you think the beauty league brings in last night? I know we traded text a little bit. Um, uh, George Kittle. That's what I was getting at. How, how do you end up with George Kittle at the beauty league? The tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, for people not familiar, the Pro Bowler. Yeah, and so he, he is friends with Nick Bukestead. They see the same chiropractor. He's a huge Predators fan, and he actually, we made him, he agreed to drop the puck at center ice, and then he raced off the ice, and he says to me, he goes, I, I got uh, camp next week. I can't be doing that. I said, what do you make, George, a million dollars a year? Lord, don't sue us, please. I, need, I think he makes 15 million plus. Oh, yeah. So, so there was, million a game, yeah. The boys, yeah, he drops the puck, and then he hustled off the ice. I mean, it was just probably like running through the Viking secondary. <laughs> did, he, did, did he enjoy it? Was it, I mean, he just a hockey fan in general? Yeah, except he loved it, except after the second period, he couldn't believe that we were doing the ice because the game was over. We only do half. So he's like, yeah. wait a second. This isn't hockey. You only played two periods. Yeah, yeah. he loved it. He he he, he skates with uh, the Predators, I guess, or has with uh, one of the players, Forsberg. We got Ryan McDonough now with the Predators. So I introduced in those two guys. Yeah, I, it's so that's the thing about it. Like people love like the behind the scenes, like pickup style, uh, kind of like a funny little culture that it's created in our little hockey community that we think is the greatest ever. And it brings out the grandparents and the, the kids and everyone in between can go down there and get autographs and, and have some fun. And it, it doesn't cost you more than I think it's 15 bucks to get in and kids under four feet. I think it is getting free. Ben, the other piece of it is, and I see this in all pro sports that, uh, uh, you, you know, the games are so tight, especially coming off of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, it, it is so tight and so hard to get space and so hard to move around. And then you go four on four. And if you go out there and if you're a kid and you walk up to to, to the glass and you watch, you you really find out why these guys are getting paid to play because they are they are so good, so quick, so fast, so much better than you can ever give them credit for watching even an NHL game. Uh, the skill set that you have to have, but that comes to life in a four-on-four pickup setting. And if you can get close to the ice, you really have an appreciation for how good you have to be to play in the NHL. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's the, the factor that, you forget with how competitive and these guys are wired as elite athletes. They, they don't just go out there and mess around when one guy on the other team does something to maybe put it through their legs or get around them and score that kind of wakes them up where they're so competitive and so good that like even last night, it was nine to three. Uh, I think Becker Norson was beating Walzer and all of a sudden the game ends 10 to 10 with 30 seconds left. Guys are blocking shots. 10 10. Like just to the last second ended up 11 to 10 after nine to three start. They did starts out maybe a little bit, you know, medium pace and ends up high pace without without showing like it's kind of like a father son playing. You don't want your kid to see you're actually trying your hardest mm-hmm. to beat them. <laughs> I hope that wasn't Lot's team that had to come back on him. Oh, so I'll tell you a little secret. Lot gets a little too serious 
in these leagues serious enough that it's great because he's so competitive. Yeah. But these guys are like trying to figure out if he's serious, how, how, uh, you know, how he calls him out and, 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 and <laughs> actually helps him in the process. Cause he's been through it and done it. If he starts diagramming on the glass we're, we're I'm worried. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. That some of the coaches just just kind of sit and, and and watch, and then you have lots who's actually coaching. Ben, part of this too is that um, you know obviously things evolve in life, but hockey, all sports for sure, but hockey as much as any. I feel like these guys are almost um, robots in terms of computers in terms of their body, and 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 they program it for a twelve month a year cycle. Um, and and they never get out of shape. And you know, as you point to Zach Parisi as being one of the ultimates, but 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 the summertime is just another time. Uh, you rest for a little while after the season, and and then and then you go uh, whatever pace it is. But it also involves diet and, and the way you dry land train and all those things. Where are we at there with hockey players? You, you see them all with your clients. How hard do you have to work to keep up? Yeah, I actually uh, I got to play golf with Ryan McDonough. He's been to the Stanley yeah. Cup Finals now, the St. Paul Creighton Durham kid, and I, I hate to name drop, but I got to meet and play with Joe Mauer today too. Did you really? Uh, with Tom the, the Creighton connection, yeah, huh? So it's, it was the two Creighton guys against two Dina guys, Tom Drees and I, and to see Ryan McDonough hit a golf ball, and he's not a pro golfer, but how great a shape and how strong these guys are, his back. So so my point is, he's he played, you know, 80 regular season games, you know, 20-some games in the playoffs, seven, you know, five preseason games, and it's killing him not coming out to the beauty league. Why? Because he knows everyone else is skating, and even though his season ended two weeks ago, these guys don't take any time off, none. It's it's insane. I think it's, it's, it's actually – too little a time you need mm-hmm. to refresh, but they can't help themselves when everyone else is skating. They're in unreal shape. Uh, when I played and I barely played, you didn't have to be in great shape. These guys can go. And I mean, you, you have to, otherwise you get left in the dust and you don't have a job, I guess. Right. Cause it used to be there's certain guys that could skate well during games and they stuck out. Now you, I mean, you really stick out if you can't skate and you're not. In yeah. Great shape. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, now when yeah, I see these guys at the health club, they're working on you know on a bike or something like that, and, and uh, hockey players, and I run into them from time to time. Uh, are they are they to the nth degree? Is that what they're trying to do? Is it all about lung capacity? What are they doing there? Yeah, I mean, well, you can. Everyone know like, and there's guys like probably Phil Kessel that aren't in the best shape in the world, but they're so smart, they know where to go, and they always have the puck in your stiff, the Brett, Brett Hall types, but. Um, yeah, they're they, they're trying to push it to the nth degree to find that level that everything in life keeps getting pushed to another level. Every sport, these football players, I mean, I, you, I, I almost can't even watch, and I love the physical aspect of it, but how big and strong and fast they are, someone like it almost gets you know, killed, it seems like, on every kickoff or mm-hmm. so. I mean, yeah, they're 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 pushing it, um, you know, because other kids are coming up and pushing it to take their jobs. There's so many leagues out there. There's so many teams. There's so many kids competing. There's so many parents that, that you know, are hoping their kid plays in the NFL, the NHL, yeah. whatever it is. So it's, it's, you know, it's everyone's dream to get there. And once you're there, you know, you get obviously a little bit crazy, I think, to keep your job and stay you know, and try to, let alone, you're trying to improve. Like, I mean, guys like Zach Parisi, they're off the charts how hard they work. 
That's what the greatest thing is, Maxie, with these young kids, when they come into the beauty league or whatever it is and see the pros that they're actually skating with, or if you're even a fan, maybe too, but you see how hard the pros, the preezies, the older guys try, like the little battles they win. They're always working on their obviously conditioning and all that, but, but they, the young guys don't, you know, don't appreciate it until they see it firsthand. They're working harder. They're there earlier. They stay later. And I mean, they're, they're experts, you know, in this and they, Hey, they have kids like their wives have to be thinking, wait, now you play 80 some games during the winter. Where are you going tonight to play in this league? Yeah. You know, and it's probably a little bit of an addiction too. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And then they just blame Ben and there, you know, <laughs> and away they go. Uh, you know, but free agencies and just uh, just two other topics I want to broach with you. <laughs> Excuse me. Obviously, as an agent, you're trying to sign free agents. What is it that teams want to know about the character of a, of a player that they're going to sign? Is it a lot about how hard we work in the offseason? Is it a lot about what is he in the locker room? What is it they want to know when you're, when you're selling your players? Or, or do the teams not have time to do all that? They they got to just make a decision and sign somebody. Yeah, I mean, they, there's, their scouts get paid a lot of money. That's a, I mean, they're on the road 200 uh, nights or games a year, easily, to see. So they, I mean, they're getting paid for a reason. The, uh, the GMs rely on them to make those decisions. So they're looking at, most importantly, a role that needs to be played on a team that's going to win. Like, what do the Wilds need to get to that next level? And, I mean, you could see it with some of the trades. You know, Billy traded a goalie because maybe maybe the mentality of that goalie didn't fit into the team. Maybe it was a character thing. Maybe it was he didn't think he was able to handle, you know, uh, a really, really another really good goalie competing with him. And he identifies that as a problem. And then let's, let's you know, solve that problem and, and trade them. So I think they're looking for everything. Obviously, skill and scoring goals, it's all offense now. So that's extremely important. But then you got to be durable and aggressive and be able to handle it because in the playoffs, you know, guys that are hurt play hurt. And, and you know, not everyone can do that. So you need durable, mm. skilled, big, strong teams win. So, you know, they need some big, strong defensemen that are skilled and move the puck. So it's kind of a little bit of everything. So it's like, you know, you got to be, you know, kind of good at everything, but really good, you know, at a, at a few things too. So the character probably that you mentioned, Maxie, at the end of the day in hockey is is probably the biggest thing with the flows and that, you know, you see how series change fast. The Wild was up, they're in control. They lose to a completely more experienced St. Louis Blues teams that's done it because yeah. they've been there and they have maybe just a little more character and know how to win a little bit better than inexperienced, but maybe better Wild teams. You know, uh, along those lines, though, you know, Cam Talbot uh, obviously probably wasn't happy with the situation going in, and he goes into Billy Guerin and says, I don't like this. Trade me if you can. Uh, I, I don't know if he said that or not, but, I mean, if you have a client like that, I, I don't fault Cam Talbot for saying, hey, I, I get what you're trying to do. I just don't want to be a part of this. I want to play 65 games a year or something like that because that's the way I'm built and that's the way I don't want to be splitting time with Mark andre Fleury or anybody else. Is that okay? What would you advise a client to do in a situation like that? If you know, if he if he just wants to compete more and wants to be the guy, that's a great question. And I think we saw it in the media too, and yep. it, it got out there. And it's really interesting to read, and especially Billy, which is great to see Billy Guerin's quotes. He says some things that normal uh, normally you don't see, hmm. but that's just you know it's right out there. That's what he feels, and he's got. 
he's got, um, you know, the ability to do that, make decisions like that. And he does a great job. But, you know, I think you're kind of a kind of like parenting. You know, we have to set the expectations for our guys, too. Yeah. That, you know, I try to do it behind the scenes. Like, I'd never come out and, and, yep. and say we're yep. – maybe that's the second re- option, though, because first he tried to resolve it behind the scenes, and he sure. couldn't. So then they're going to do it in the, in the public for everyone to read and see and to put pressure on them. And you know what? I guess it works, right? I so guess that it agent works. did a good job. If that's exactly what Cam Talbot wants, that's the key. Is that exactly what your client wants? And I've had that with a client before that thought they were getting, you know, kind of always – on the wrong end of getting called up and they yep. getting screwed and called the GM and you gotta, I mean, manage your client's expectations too. And, and there's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, playing in the minors and, and being more ready. But you know, the minute that, you know, I, I like one client I had, and then I, I started raising hell and complaining and complained to the media. And uh, next thing you know, you know, uh, my client is furious with me because now the pressure is on him and it's exactly what he uh, wanted. But now that he's got the pressure, the media talking to him, <laughs> you know, then that's not what he wanted, but he, he, he didn't wanted. see the end game at the, at the time. Right. Yeah. And it, it didn't end up well for that guy. And it didn't end up well with me, yeah. <laughs> with him, but uh, it's, 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 it's a funny dynamic when you, when your job is being critiqued, you know, every night in front of, you know, millions of fans. It's a, it's an interesting dynamic, the well, things that happen behind the scenes that you don't always know about. And I'm not asking you to, to breach any confidence, but what is fair game? If your client's not playing as much as he wants, is it okay for you to call a general manager or is it only the player that should go in and speak to the coach? How, what, what's the protocol? Okay. That's a great one. So let's say I have a player that's unhappy. He's not in the power play. Yep. Right. Good so example. He yep. calls me and says, this is, this is brutal. I'm not on the power play. This is a joke. I can score 20 goals for X team, the wild, whatever it is. Okay. So now I call Billy Guerin and, and say, Hey, this is, this is ridiculous. Billy, yeah. how could you not have, you know, this kid on the power play yeah. you're missing out. Well, first off, I'm not a coach. There's a lot more than just to my guy where he fits in on the team. Yep. But so Billy says, you know what, Hank, um, you know, you probably have a point and you know what, I'm not the coach. That's why I pay the coach. If I was the coach, then I couldn't fire the coach. He makes his decisions. If I don't like him, I fire him and get a new coach. But so here's the problem though. So now Billy calls the coach and says, Hey, how come uh, I had a call from, you know, X players agent, his, his agent is complaining about his not being on the power play. Why isn't he on the power play? And yep. it'd be a lot different call than that. Yeah. But then guess what? That coach thinks, okay, wait a second. He said that that player that I work with every day at practice and he can come up to me and talk to me anytime he has a problem, my door is wide open, but now he's having his agent call my boss. Now I'm answering that's like, then you go to the player and you're like, Hey, did you have your agent call me? Like you can't come in the room and (laughs) and talk to me about this and we can break down. So it's, that's the dynamic too, where I tell the players pretty much the same conversation. You don't want that to happen. You want to build that relationship between the player and the coach, and you have to earn that coach's trust. Because if you don't, you got a problem. Obviously, at the end of the day, you know the coach is going to put out the best players that he can to win that game. And so I'm obviously defending the players, but at the same sure. time, you got to look at it from both sides and, and realize that you know <laughs> there's there's different ways to deal with those situations. And if you just call the team and complain. A lot of times it'll backfire. I mean, a lot of times it'll help too if you do it the right way and you know what you're talking about. But if you pound your chest and and, and 
put it on social media. Uh, sometimes, you know, it, it gets to be a little bit of a war sooner than it needs to be. All right, this went too quick. we got to do it again. you got too many good stories and too many great scenarios. Ben, appreciate it very much. Wednesday nights at Braemar, and then you head to the playoffs, and then you, then you play more nights, right? Yeah, so it's, it's uh, next Wednesday, which is going to be, what, the 27th, and then in August it's Monday and Wednesday. So it's yep. the 1st, 3rd, 8th, 10th, 17th, 24th of August. All right. I will oh, yeah, see you out there. See you down there. I'll see you out there soon, but thank you so much. Always fun. Okay, Maxie. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. You bet. And, and, you know, um, I'm sure when you heard the music, you thought the same thing, Max and Cruz, Max and Cruz, take a break and contemplate that folks. Stay with us. One day in the books at three, I'm open in Blaine and joining us in the John Schuster group of Caldwell Banker hotline, Chris Weinhold. He is the general manager of the TPC course out there. And I get curious about this stuff, like like how does this work when a, when you have a tour stop and, and what's expected of a club and, and what do you have to do on your end and how do you benefit? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And all that stuff. So I said, well, let's get Chris on to talk about it. How, how are you doing tonight, sir? And thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm great, Mike. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was warm and windy today, huh? Uh, yes, it was uh, warm and windy. Looks like it should be that way for the rest of the week, which we like. Makes the golf course tougher. So, so, uh, and obviously you avoid the rain and and, and the lightning, and, that, and that's a victory by itself. But what, what do players say? What what are they looking for when they do they expect that? Because Blaine's kind of wide open out there, and 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 it's July. Yeah, I think the players are uh, adaptable to the conditions. They they know what the week's going to look like, and uh, obviously the best players in the world, so they make it look pretty easy. They do. Chris, what is this like uh, when you host an event? What is expected of you, your members, your leadership? How does this work? Is somebody stationed here uh, for most of the summer from the PGA? Uh, how do you work as a partner with the PGA? Uh, that's a great question. Yeah, we are owned. The TBC network is owned by the PGA Tour. So um, we're a normal private club for 51 weeks out of the year. And then we prepare and host the 3M Open. So uh, the golf course um, doesn't change a lot from normal play day to day until we get ready for the tournament. Uh, we let the rough grow out a little more this week. And more than that, you just bring in more resources. Um, you know, our agronomy 
maintenance staff uh, is made up of around 40 day in, day out. And this week that grows to about 100. We get a lot of volunteers from local clubs that will come in and help us. And then, like you said, we get uh, our national support from the tour that will come in and help. And uh, we'll get that support. Uh, on the agronomy side, we'll get it on the merchandise side. Uh, we run the fan shop there on property during the week. Uh, comes from the dining side. We'll have our national food and beverage director on property. So, yeah, you'll just get uh, different executives in and out all week to to assist uh, both leading up and during the tournament. Well, I mean, but if you bring in agronomy people, it's not like they have a, a license to do what they want, right? They can't just go out and say, hey, uh, we're going we're gonna to change the rough to over here. How, how do you manage them? Um, that's, you know, they'll do uh, a spring visit coming in, looking ahead for the tournament. Um, I mean, we got a checklist that, that we're preparing for, and then we'll send weekly reports on the progress there, and then uh, our Head agronomist from the tour actually comes in for uh, what we call as advance week, the week before the tournament. So they're on site for a full two weeks. Um, honestly, not a lot of changes they can make once they get on property. It's more, you know, the three, four months of preparation ahead of time. Now, now for your members and the people that played there regularly, do they look at this as, wow, this is fun and we, and we volunteer for a week? Or do they look at it as, uh, I just want to play golf. I don't. I don't want to sit and you know make uh, work at some tour stop. Uh, to be honest, we see both sides of that. Um, you know, with the regular, obviously since we've opened, we we hosted the 3M Championship for quite a while, and then made the move over to the 3M Open with the yeah. regular tour. Uh, we've seen a lot of buy-in from our members on uh, with the regular tour. Uh, we have a member tent there on 18. Uh, that definitely gets filled up on the weekend. So we see a lot of support there. We'll have members that do volunteer for the event itself, and then you have other members who, uh, yeah, may go on vacation, may rent their house out to a player or caddy, want to get out of town for a bit and just play some golf somewhere else. Chris Weinhold is our guest. He's the general manager of the TPC in Blaine, where, of course, the 3M Open is going on uh, as we speak. Uh, does it do a lot for you in terms of people want to come and play this course because it's a PGA Tour stop? Uh, do you gain a lot from it in terms of marketing and, 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 and uh, you know, people that want to be a member of and, and you know, uh, the brand that you get out of this? Yeah, I mean, any time you're going to have uh, national exposure with, you know, couple rounds being played on the golf channel and then a couple rounds played on on cbs here uh it's great for exposure so we definitely see uh an uptick in membership inquiries when we when we get through this week what worries you the most when you go to a tournament week like this um i think i don't know that i have any specific worries it's just it's elevated uh you know with being on having your your site on national TV and a focus for one week on the PGA tour. Uh, obviously with, like we talked about with, uh, you know, headquarters coming in and just, and just being the center of attention. Um, but it's, you know, a lot of it's in the details uh, in the preparation leading up to it. And, and, and do golfers give their opinions as to how you should, you should manage the course? Yeah, uh, we definitely take that uh, when the players are done uh, this week, they all fill out their surveys, uh, uh, call it notes to the commissioner. And I mean, they'll have comments on everything from, you know, the locker room to 
the food and beverage services they were uh, offered to the practice area to the golf course itself. So uh, yeah, we take those those seriously, and um, you know, there's definitely things that we look at that uh, depending on the number of players that voice it that we can possibly change and improve for the for the next year. So so if you could only pick one or two, what would it be? A great golf tournament in terms of great golf shots or great food and beverage for the consumer? Uh, I mean, for me, I would say the tournament. We've had the, had the history uh, with the 3M Championship and with the 3M Open, the way the course is set up. Uh, we always seem to find ourselves on Sunday with a, with a back nine that has many, many different golfers in position uh, to win, and that's what we want. We want to have a exciting finish on Sunday afternoon. Last question. When you have an event like this, does money get funneled into improvements then? I mean, is it a windfall for you to have it financially, or, or, or is that secondary because of the way you guys are structured with, with, with the PGA Tour? Um, I, I would say it's secondary. I mean, there's definitely things that uh, can be put to the top of the list. Uh, as we said, those players can make comments, and, and their weight, uh, weighted comments go a long way. Um, but I would say, you know, one of the, the main reasons and, and the reason the TBC network was built is uh, the PGA Tour, when they host events on their home courses, uh, they don't pay a site fee. So, you know, when the tour goes to the Rocket Mortgage next week in Detroit, um, I don't know what the, the number is, but oftentimes it'll be half a million to a million dollars that they pay that golf course uh, to take over for a week. Those are dollars that are now saved for the tour because they are hosting it on here, uh, which at the end of the day allows more dollars to be raised for charity. Chris, appreciate it. We got through the whole interview without me even bringing up the live tour because we've, we've talked about that enough this <laughs> week so far. So, <laughs> But uh, keep up the good work, and I'll see you out there this weekend. Thank you, Mike. You bet. Chris Weinholt. Uh, general manager out there. And, and I always think this would be one of those weeks where you just don't sleep because you'd be thinking, what if there's lightning? You know, what if a great player hits hits a shot and it uh, uh, hits off a rock that's not supposed to be there and, and now he's upset with the uh, – that's what I would think. I, I know they're further along than that, and he's got Hollis Kavner as his buffer and the guy above him that makes all this stuff happen. But but if it's my home course and it's, a, and it's a PGA Tour stop, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, what could go wrong? They can not like the greens. They're not going to like the food. Or they're not going to like the locker rooms. I don't know. I suppose you have to get to a point where that doesn't bother you. Um, you know who didn't play very well today was Marty Fish, uh, tennis player uh, trying to convert into the golf game. And um, I, I got two good golf stories because we've all seen these great golfers. It's a little bit like America's Got Talent, right? You see these guys, and they're really good, and they shoot under par at their home course all the time. You say, why couldn't they play on the tour? Or you see these guys that, that they're baseball players or they're basketball players, and they have the whole summer, and all they do is play golf. And you go, well, why couldn't they play on the tour and compete? Because they're under par every time they play in one of these tournaments. I had two different golfers explain it to me, and I'll explain it to you. Why great golfers during the week on their home course are not converted to being great players on a PGA Tour. And and the people that told me, explained it to me, um, they got a little merit. They got a little oomph behind their names. I'll share it with you when we come back. By the time you get done giving the whatever it is, the sponsors, there's no time left to talk. 
Mike Max with you, Sports to Max, News Talk 830 WCCO. So there's two different golfers I talked to about that, and I had that same question. I said, these guys are really, really good, man. They go out and they play, and they win their club championship, and this and that, and they and they shoot under par. Why, why aren't they in the and, – and, and, well, you know, it seems to me they compete every week. One was Davis Love the Third. He was in town for RSM McGladry, and uh, they sponsored him. And they, they had a uh, a big event. I don't remember what it was. And they asked if I'd come over and, and kind of MC it or host it. So anyway, at some point in time there, uh, I'm sitting with Davis Love the Third, and, I, and I'm able to answer, ask him the questions that I have about golf and the tour and some of that stuff. And I, I'm, not, I'm not a huge golf aficionado, and I certainly don't know uh, the game that well, and I don't play it at all. Uh, but we were, we were on that topic. And he said, you know, I play down in Florida. And he says, I go out with my buddies. And he said, some of them can beat me on a hole. Some of them can even beat me on nine holes. But he said, let me tell you something. They would never, ever, ever beat me in a tour event. He said, as soon as the stakes get high, as soon as you have to make a shot, as soon as you have to understand how to read a course, uh, as soon as you have to you know, prepare on Monday and Tuesday to play on Thursday through Sunday, he said, I w- they would never, ever, ever beat me if it mattered because they don't understand what it is. They don't, you're not just playing anymore. You're not just showing up and, and, and going, well, it's our tea time. Tee it up and let's go. Um, and he said, so you can have ability in all those things, but he said it doesn't transfer like that. It's not like that. It's how you study the course. It's how you prepare. It's understanding what you have to do uh, in weather conditions. Uh, you might hit it right, and, and if, if both of us don't care, you might beat me, but never, never in real competition. The other person I asked about it one day was Lee Trevino. See, I, I'm name-dropping tonight. These are, these are the people that I know from the, from the tour. I've met them all. Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, absolutely. Sat down with all of them. Broke bread with some of them. But anyway, not the point. Lee Trevino's in town for the 3M Senior Open. And Johnny Bench is playing the Pro-Am. Johnny Bench, Hall of Fame catcher, great golfer. And he'd come in here, and, 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 and I'm not kidding you, he'd shoot 90 every time. I mean, I mean, however good he was, he wouldn't play. And he's a Hall of Famer, right? He, he's a big, and he plays golf all the time. He, he's a really good golfer, I assume. But he never played that well when he played. Uh, I think he, you know, he, he was on, I think he got to participate a couple times in, in the Senior Open um, as a participant through an exemption. You know, he and Hollis Cabner are friends. And, and he didn't play that well. But I'd always, I always liked it when Johnny was in town because I, I like baseball more than golf. And if he was there, I could do an interview with him about baseball. And I could ask him about, you know, Joe Maurer. And is Joe Maurer going to be a great catcher or whatever it was during his career? I, I, I was in my comfort zone when Johnny was, was there because, well, you're talking about baseball. We're talking about Sparky Anderson and the Big Red Machine and George Foster and all those things. But he also loved to play golf. So I say to Lee Trevino, I says, Lee, you and I have known each other for a long time. Actually, we hadn't, but it sounds good. I said, why is it that uh, a guy like Johnny Bench is, you know, obviously he's got good scores coming in and they, and they allow him to play and he gets an exemption. I understand. Uh, why is it that guys like that don't, don't compete better uh, on the tour? And he said, because you almost can't explain it, but you have to be a shot maker to win on the tour. You have to be able to make golf shots. The fact that you can drive at 300 yards, the fact that you're good with your putter, yeah, that's great. Everybody is. But now can you make a shot from 100 yards out that gets you in birdie range, not par range, or worse yet, bogey range? Can, can, can you put it 10 feet from the cup when you have to put it 10 feet from the cup instead of putting it 20 feet from the cup and three putting? He said, at some point in time, you've got to be able to make a golf shot. You might be under a tree, and you've got to go low. And you have to understand that, and you have to be able to make that shot executed. There is no forgiveness on it. If you screw it up, your round is screwed up. 
And he said, that's why those guys can't do it, because there are times when you have to just flat out be a great shot maker. And the only way you can do that is to have played and played and played and had all those pressure situations time and time again repeated so that your brain goes back to this is what I have to do in this situation. Just the same way Lee Trevino probably would not have been a great catcher. He maybe understood it. He maybe maybe even had his own met, you know. Maybe he bought his own shin guards. Uh, you know, maybe he's seen on TV had a frame. But in the game, you got to understand when to call what pitch and, and, and when it's time to pitch out. You know what I'm saying? Mike Padham on all the verdicts that went down today. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 